The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on a Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. Before we get into today's program, I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you're not familiar with them, Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and getting job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partner for me. Thanks, Jobbing. So this week, I'm excited to talk with our guest, Siobhan Palmer. Siobhan came to me via a dynamo of a woman who you met on, on Veterans Day. That would be Colonel Kim Olson. She's the one that connected us. Siobhan is the co-founder and CEO of Plaid for Women, which is an award-winning digital media company focused on helping women get connected and be heard. Love the work they're doing. We're going to hear more about that throughout the show. So one of the things, for example, is Plaid's online anti-bullying messages titled No Mean Girls, which has resulted in programming being developed that will be brought into schools and the workplace nationwide. Javon was also honored as a great woman of Texas, woman of influence by the Fort Worth Business Press, and nominated as a woman to watch by the Dallas Business Journal. She joined us today from Fort Worth, Texas. Javon, welcome to the show. Elise, I'm absolutely delighted. It's an honor to be with you today. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this conversation. There's so much I want to get out of you. You're doing such important work, and let's start, if we can, with the organization that you co-founded. So um, I want to start by learning a bit about how it all began how, and where it began, and, of course, what's the mission? No, absolutely. Um, do you want me to start with the mission or start with the background? How about the background first that comes into the mission? Thanks, yeah. Oh, you bet. Well, um, about three three years ago, Elise, um, uh, a colleague of mine who I'd known for years, she and I were doing similar work in this space, both really committed to trying to create substantive content to connect women to help them with all aspects of their lives. So we came together in July of 2012 and decided we'd form a partnership and we would we wanted to create a platform where women could come, connect, uh, produce great content, um, leverage their networks to help them on both the personal and professional side of their lives. So we call Plaid for Women. We're about the business of life because, as you well know, women are very multi-tiered, and you can't just talk to women about their work life when, you know, they might have a sick children at home or just gone through a divorce or something of that nature. So we addressed the 180, you know, cycle view of women. We launched the company as a digital media platform. Um, we are a C corporation. We're a for-profit company. And with the intention to scale and um, get some significant women such as yourself and others that have great content that we can share with um, 
our audience, which is growing exponentially each week. The name Plaid um, is kind of interesting. We were doing a whiteboard session, Sarah and I, when we got together, and we wanted to come up with a name that people would remember. You know, they call it being sticky in the marketing world. And she said, what do you think about Plaid? And my first thought was my early uh, Catholic schoolgirl days back in New Jersey, (laughs) you know, with the nuns and the jumpers. I really didn't Mm -hmm. know what it meant. And then, interestingly, I started thinking about a plaid pattern, and as you well know, they can come in all kinds of uh, shapes and colors and sizes, but at the end of the day, all of the uh, the lines intersect, and that is kind of a metaphor for our company, uh, and it ties into our mission, which is the mission of Plaid for Women is to provide inclusive communities and transformational connections for women. So we thought that was a, a nice metaphor for what we were all about. Mm. So crisp, no surprise. And yes, you've told me about that before, but I never tire of hearing about that, Siobhan. I think it's beautiful. It's such a gorgeous concept. It makes so much sense. Thank you. And yeah, and, and to that end, you know, one of the things that I'm, you, you know, I have to ask because one, I'm a meeting and work researcher, and two, the show is about purpose. You know, when you form a company like you and Sarah have, I mean, obviously there's a lot to that. And so I just wonder, is there something to what either you've experienced or is something that you've learned along the way as to why this work is important to you? Where did this come from that you would actually create a company and work so hard to do what you're doing? Well, I appreciate that. You know, my passion has always been really to help women and girls, and um, I serve on the uh, Board of Directors for Girls Inc. of Tarrant County, so I always think it's so important to get to the young girls when they're just in their formative years to really start looking at issues like self-esteem and confidence and, you know, building a life that they want to be proud of and being independent. But how Plaid all started was, quite frankly, I was very frustrated out there about what substantive content that was out there on the internet for women did quite a bit of research and it was just it was either extremes where it was like the desperate housewives all the silly stuff we read about or you know much more um on the other spectrum so that that's it and just having experience i'm 56 and just um experiences in the workplace where you're looking at um pay inequity and so forth, and it just, it's always been something that I've had a passion for, Unfortunately, after uh, finding the right business partner, we've been able to launch a, um, a company that we're very, very proud of, that we want to be extremely successful because it matches what our personal mission is, but we also want to be very successful from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's really important. And, and if I can... If I can chime in what you just said there, Siobhan, about why you're doing this, I really appreciate it. Another reason I wanted to have you on the show is because I believe in what you're doing, obviously. I think it's really important. And I, I certainly can can tell you that all of us know people who can, can could stand to be around others who are trying to empower them and develop them and bring them up versus bring them down. Um, I just had a lunch today, some, today, just this afternoon, with somebody who let me know about Somebody who's just been in you know in marriage for seventeen years and has been completely you know demoralized and debilitated by that that by that relationship in a way that you know you talked about the housewife piece, but this is a person who has several children and so the cascading effects of of that are just tremendous, right? Going to her oh, children, absolutely. their friends, right? So again, really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's it's just so important. So glad to have you with me. You bet. So you bring a lot to this business, Ms. Siobhan. You have a pretty impressive background. I know you're a little bit humble about it, but would you say a little bit about the work that you've done leading up to starting this organization? 
Well, um, I started out my career, at least my first job, I went to Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches. It took me about four years to learn how to spell Nacogdoches, but I finally got it. <laughs> I got it, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm a Jersey girl originally. We came down here when I was quite young, and it was a bit of a culture shock. But um, my first job out of college was working at the Fort Worth Convention and Visitors Bureau, which is a remarkable opportunity to, um, and I, I'm, I love my hometown, Fort Worth, as many of you in the Dallas-Fort Worth area know, they've got a remarkable downtown area and beautiful museums, but started in that realm and then went into a period where I was really getting into an entrepreneurial phase. I had a, a meeting planning company for several years that um, specialized in working, putting on events and trade shows for the healthcare industry. And after that, I had a um, a uh, motor coach uh, touring company where we specialized in putting packages together, travel packages for the uh, senior market, which was an awful lot of fun. And then for a stint, I went back to work for somebody else, and um, it was a privately held radio network. They had a station in Houston and Dallas, and I served as general manager up in this market because I knew a lot of people in this area. And it was financial news talk. And now that really triggers the prior question you asked me, Elise. One of the reasons I got so frustrated and wanted to launch Plaid is the owner of this particular network, he was um, a guy, and it, they had really good hosts on Monday through Friday talking about all aspects of financial planning and so forth. So I happen to know a woman up in Chicago who is has – 8 million degrees and had her own radio show, and she was one of the first women to sit on the board for McDonald's. Just a remarkable resume. And I came to the owner suggesting that we put her on the primetime lineup because her show is just so substantive. And he looked at me, and I remember this was like in 2009, not 1899, he said to me, there will never be a woman on the primetime lineup on my radio network. Wow. And some, something really triggered in me, like, are you, you've got to be kidding me here. So that kind of set. I always had the, the fire was burning, but I think that caused a major explosion internally <laughs> that, you know, th- this is ridiculous. So, mm. And then um, after we got through the radio network and then Plaid, we launched about three or four years ago. So that's uh, essentially in a nutshell. A little bit on the corporate side, um, mostly um, entrepreneurial and now really have found traction with this company that we really love. Mm-hmm. The reason I wanted to ask you that question, among among other things, Siobhan, is one, a lot of my listeners, when they think about developing their career, a lot of times they get stuck and they say, well, I can't possibly change what I'm doing because how would I leverage everything that I've been doing in the past? It would be all for waste. And what I find so fascinating is that when you look at a career in some, like what you, how you just narrated what you did there, to me, oftentimes, we can see how all those different experiences hang together and they contribute Absolutely. and makes, right? And they make sense in the rearview mirror, Right. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I was supposed to be doing this whole time, <laughs> leading up to where right. I am. And, and, and so, I, one, I love life stories, too, and, and there's that. But the other piece is that I really want to encourage our listeners that, that are considering doing something different or maybe going to pursue their own dream, that there maybe is a way to leverage all those past experiences that, that could help really make it, make it come alive. So thank you for, for, for doing so, and as succinctly as you did. There was a lot of, a lot of years, so I know, to summarize there. Right, right. Well, and also I think particularly as it relates to women, Elise, women tend to get so, let's see, it's called analysis paralysis. They feel (laughs) like if they've only worked in one area that they can't translate those skills into another field. It just blows my mind. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you were a good, you know, if you were a good money manager in the healthcare industry, why wouldn't you be a good money manager in, you know, 
education or whatever. You can transfer your skills to all kinds of industries. And the way you look at, um, I think women are so hard on themselves anyway, and they'll look at their weakest um, trait rather than really focusing on what they're great at, whereas the mm-hmm. men tend to do it the opposite way. So, And it, these days, as you well know, people look at you if you're nuts, if you say you've been with the same company for 35 or 40 years. People yes. are hopping into de- and recreating themselves. Some of the fastest uh, statistics are women over you know, 40 to 50 that are saying, wait a minute, midlife stop here. I'm going to go back and get further my education, get in the field I really wanted to go into. So there are all kinds of options out there. Mm-hmm. You know, my show that I had last week, in fact, was a great feature just that, just of that, Siobhan. I had a beautiful woman in her 70s who was a very prolific author for, 20, for, for the first half of her life. At age 51, decided to pursue being a rabbi and became wow. one at 53. Yeah, and here she has been going strong for the last 20-some years, or almost 20-some years. And now she's also moving on to saging, aging and saging. And she's like, heck, you know, I've got another th- good 30 years in me. I'm going to keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Um, Well, well, let's talk about the work that you do at Platt for Women, if you would, Siobhan. I know that you're a platform, the platform includes TV, radio, blogging, but help us understand the content. How do you really help connect women? What are you doing? How do you make the magic? Gotcha. Well, um, what we've done over the years is, as any um, startup entrepreneur will tell you, when you first start out with a concept for a company, it's remarkable, Lee, some of the things you think would stick don't. And the things you thought were just kind of out there wouldn't take traction do. So I think the, the reason that we're really seeing growth now and tremendous amount of success is because we were very nimble in the beginning. We're a small enough company to where if we're going down one path and it wasn't working, we would jump over here and kind of reevaluate things. But the basis, our mothership is our uh, website, plaidforwomen.com. Currently, we have uh, 40 to 45 what we call plaid power bloggers, and these are women from around the country. We even have some overseas that we've found that have really strong networks of their own. They have beautiful content. And we ask them to produce an original piece of content for us once a month on our platform. And then they, we push it out and they push it out to their networks. So again, the topics we deal with financial literacy, healthcare, leisure, parenting, you know, I have a special needs child. Just again about what we call the business of life, right? Everything that women are dealing with. Um, and the content is written articles, uh, short form videos, which is plaid TV and uh, radio podcasts. And then in addition to the digital platform, each year we have three signature events. Uh, we're currently based in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That's our home base. But we have three signature events that we eventually plan to replicate in other cities. In March, we do an, um, an evening event called An Evening with Great Women that celebrates Women's History Month. In August, we do a luncheon um, in celebration of Women's Equality Day. And we literally just got through with an event this past Friday, December 11th, which is our signature event. And it's called Find Your True North. That's our annual conference. And we had a fabulous turnout um, last Friday uh, over in Fort Worth for that. So it's digital. It's content produced by phenomenal women that we find around the country and now around the world, our three signature events. And we just launched a plaid publishing division where women can get their books published through our company at a very affordable uh Fee. And we have our gentleman who heads up our publishing division that will actually walk women through and educate them on the best way to start putting, you know, a book together. So we're very excited, but it's been a very, very intense three and a half years. Has, has it been stressful? You bet. Has it been challenging? You bet. But we kept pursuing, persevering, and um, 
you know, we ran into a few mean girls along the way, and we can talk about that campaign in a little bit, but they kind of self-selected out because we're very real at Plaid. The women that come to our platform want personal growth and development, and they want to be in a safe place and be accepted by other women. And we could not be any happier about the quality of the women that are engaging with us. Um, last Friday, I almost got teary-eyed looking across the ballroom. There were African-American, Caucasian, Asian, Hispanic women. We had millennials there. We had the Gen Ys and the Gen Xs, boomers. It was such a beautiful representation of women. And they all came together, and they, we concentrate on what we have in common, not what divides us. Mm-hmm. How gorgeous. I do want to, I wanted to hear a bit more about, about that event. So hold your thought if you would. It's already time for our first break, if you can possibly believe that. It goes by so fast, well, doesn't quickly. it? I know, I know. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air here with Siobhan Palmer, who is the co-founder and CEO of Plaid for Women, which is an award-winning digital media company focused on helping women get connected and be heard. We've been talking a bit about how she got started and what fueled her, what she's trying to accomplish. After the break, I want to get more into that No Mean Girls campaign. Stay with us. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Tune in to Lou Augusta's A Rumor of Empathy. Our show is committed to providing a generous listening. Empathy. Through conversations with our guests and you, every issue deserves to be heard and thought out empathically. When it is properly sorted out, it becomes a solution rather than a problem. In Lou's program, his goal is to help you through conversations, which in turn can help your relationships and other aspects of your life. A Rumor of Empathy can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. If you're just joining us, my guest is Siobhan Palmer, who is the co-founder and CEO of Plaid for Women. It's an award-winning digital media company focused on helping women get connected and be heard. Plaid's online anti-bullying messaging 
titled No Mean, no mean Girls, has resulted in programming being developed that will be brought into schools and into the workplace nationwide. Siobhan joins us today from Fort Worth, Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Let's pick up, pick up where we left off there. We were just chatting again about that wonderful conference that you were talking about there on December 11th, and I loved what you said, Siobhan, about getting a little teary-eyed looking out there at the audience and just enjoying all who had come together. So can you say just a bit more about maybe some of the topics that were covered and any of the speakers that you thought that were maybe memorable to you? Oh, absolutely. I'd be delighted. It was a half-day conference, Elise. Essentially, uh, women came. Uh, they had an opportunity to go um, to choose two out of four workshop sessions we had in the morning, and then we culminated with a luncheon where I moderated um, three panelists who were spectacular ladies. The workshop topics were terrific. My co-founder and um, COO, Sarah Zink, was one of our presenters, and she wrote a book called 20 Tips for Power Chicks, which I think every lady out there should read, but very, very substantive stuff about how women can communicate in a more um, strong way, in a more powerful way. Um, so she did a workshop called The Lies We've Been Told, many of the misconceptions that women buy into about their worth in the workplace or how they're perceived out in the marketplace. We had another presenter that um, said, "Give your." the title of her topic was Give Your Inner Critic a New Job, talking about, again, how women tend to listen to that inner critic and they don't forgive themselves easily and they really focus on the one small mistake when they're doing so many more other marvelous things. Marshall Mitchell was our head of our Plaid Publishing, so he was leading a workshop for women who were interested in potentially publishing a book. And then, um, let me see, I'm having a senior moment here. One, two, three. So those were the workout session, workshop sessions. And then uh, during the luncheon, I had three remarkable ladies. Um, Deborah Peoples, who is a retired vice president from AT&T Communications. She's also a big community advocate in Fort Worth. She's currently the uh, chairwoman of the Tarrant County Democratic Party, although Platt is totally nonpartisan. We don't, we don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat. Um, I wanted to have three women, one representing corporate America, so that was Deborah. An- another young lady, um, she started a nonprofit in 2009. Her name's Cam Phillips. She was recently recognized by President Obama for her nonprofit that she launched called Dream Outside the Box. Remarkable young woman. Um, what she does, Elise, is she, through her new nonprofit, engages college sc- students um, to volunteer and go into what she calls dream deserts, going into mm. underprivileged neighborhoods and exposing these young children so that they can dream just like any other kid. And so they do fencing and poetry reading and painting and just all kinds of great. The college students prepare curriculum and bring them to the kids and after school programs. And then finally, uh, we had a lady who's an entrepreneur. Her name is Marcel LeBlanc. A little bit of controversy, at least some people think in the community, but Marcel um, was a former horticulturist, went to Cal Poly, brilliant woman, and eventually got into the adult industry and now has a series of stores called The Velvet Box, which are beautiful, high-end. They are um, stores that people can go in and get sexy lingerie and get some fun stuff for them and their partner. And so people told us not to, that it might be a little too controversial. Well, Marcel's a remarkable businesswoman. She's highly regarded in the community, serves on the chamber and so forth. And so we had quite a, again, corporate, nonprofit, and entrepreneur. And these women were so real and honest during the uh, luncheon. They were literally mobbed after the luncheon. It was like being around rock stars. I mean, half of the room went up and wanted to shake their hand and talk to them further. So... I always benchmark that as a successful, you know, meeting. 
Mm-hmm. I am so sorry I missed it. Uh, you know, I, you may not recall, but I had to give a final at SMU on Friday, so I missed sure. it. But I did evangelize it, and it sounds remarkable. I definitely want to be involved in your events in the future. I, I that yeah, that's right absolutely. at my alley, and the content was incredibly well thought out. I love the diversity of all of it. It's it's wonderful, Siobhan. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, cool, cool beans. Um, well, let's next talk about that campaign, No Mean Girls. One, I love the name, fantastic. So maybe a bit about where did it come up with and what is it? What are you doing? Okay, well, it was interesting. Um, last January, I was speaking to um, one of our groups in Fort Worth and welcoming the women that were in the room. And I said, now, here's the deal. Um, if you're not here to support all these women in this room, there's the door. And I said, if you're here to tear other women down or gossip or not want to see another woman's success, we're not the right group for you. I said, because at Plaid for Women, there are no mean girls allowed. And I just kiddingly said it, but you could have heard a pin drop in the room. And so Sarah and I kind of looked at each other, and I said, you know, I think we might be onto something here. So we started doing a little blogging and things of that nature, and it just took off like wildfire. And when I say no mean girls, I mean the little mean girls all the way up to the grown-up mean girls. So we started a Kickstarter campaign in January of this year and raised money in record time. And what we're doing with the funds, we created um, a No Mean Girls at Work journal and a hashtag No Mean Girls at School journal. They look like little cell phones. We sold them at the conference, and it's a 52-week journal that has simple steps each day for either if you're a grown-up girl or a little girl to how to learn to work better with one another in either the workplace or at school. And they're very simple acts of kindness and just, and then what you do is you do the act of kindness and then you write on the right side of the uh, journal the resulting action, what happened. Uh, so ever since we started this, uh, the content has kind of gone crazy to the point where we are applying now for a federal trademark, um, hashtag no mean girls, because we'll probably rotate that content off and, and launch another website just dedicated to that um, kind of messaging and the, the publications, materials that we're going to offer on an online store and so forth. But it has been tremendously, um, the response has been amazing. We've had corporations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who want to donate money to purchase these journals that they can donate to Girls, Inc. or, you know, Boys and Girls Clubs as a corporate, you know, community partner. We're really trying, it's a culture-changing project. We're trying to change the culture as it relates to how women work with one another, either if you're a little girl in the schoolyard or in the workplace. And I am just astounded at the feedback we've gotten that there's still workplace bullying going on and women are tearing each other down. And it's it's very um, disheartening. Now, mind you, there are wonderful companies and there are fabulous women out there who support one another. But this kind of behavior um, is like a cancer growing in an organization. So we actually have trainers that are going in now to do presentations on no mean girl behavior. What I like about what I think I understood about that campaign, Siobhan, is one, I like the fact that it's ongoing, 52 weeks. That's fantastic. If I completely see that if you're going to do a culture change, you need time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that I like about it is that, you know, it, it seems to me that the, the way that you've designed it is that it does require ongoing awareness, self-awareness and then impact. And I think that's fantastic to be able to capture that. I just that I know it just seems like we shouldn't have to do this in, in 2015, but we do. And I'd like to ask you, Elise, with your background as well, where do you think, um, where do you think mean girl behavior stems from in your professional opinion? 
You know, I've thought a little bit about this. It's funny that you ask me that question. I thought I was interviewing you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I thought I'd throw in one question. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, okay, well, I wasn't looking. Uh, well, I have thought about this a little bit, and I think it might be a couple of things. I, I, there's two main things that I think may contribute to it. One, I wonder how much just our own historical background has contributed to this, that, you know, we generally, we have competed for mates. We've competed for, for a partner. And generally speaking, that means that oftentimes, not always, we're competing with other women for, for a partner. So I wonder if there's some, yeah, I wonder if there's just something, you know, in not, I don't want to say inherent because that gets to innate. Um, but if there, maybe there is something about that, that's related to that competitive element. Um, the second thing that I wonder about is if, you know, corporate America has somehow allowed itself to groom women to act more like men in a more competitive, perhaps aggressive manner. Those who maybe do better sometimes, maybe they get rewarded for being a bit more aggressive and c- competitive. I don't know. Those are the two things I think that those it kind are of fantastic points. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what's come through my mind over the years as I've considered, why are we doing this? Why do we see this? Yeah, and another remarkable thing, I met with the CEO of a, a hospital in Fort Worth, and she told me that <clears throat> in the healthcare industry, nurses are known to, quote, eat their own young. <laughs> yeah. And I was so taken aback by that comment. My mother was a nurse, and I thought if anybody would not exhibit that kind of behavior... It would be somebody in the healthcare field, but again, maybe like you said, um, being aggressive and so forth. Because you know, most of the men are in the C-suite right now. I hope to see that change significantly. But you know, maybe they reward that um, more in-your-face, aggressive type behavior. Hmm. I think it's something worth pursuing. Which I I know that you're doing. You're doing some workshops and coaching around that, and I do want to talk a bit more about yeah. that a little bit later if we have time. But I I think it's important and. Um, I definitely, I, I love the fact that you're working on culture change. I think that's so important, the root of the problem. Well, I, I agree with you, because if, if you don't make a culture change and if you don't get the young girls early, this 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 behavior it is just going to cycle through generations. And it would be tragic, honestly. And I think, um, I'm, I'm going to send you a copy of our journals, but when you look through it, it's it's be- it's written beautifully and simply, but it's just genuine acts of relining the way you think about stuff. Like Sarah, and I totally agree with her, she said women have to realize that you can work with people you don't like. You don't have to like everybody. And quite frankly, you shouldn't personalize everything, particularly as it relates to business. So you have to learn that, you know, men will get on a team together and half of them might hate each other's guts, but by cracky, they're going to get that project done, you know? And I think women need to have that same mindset that, no, I don't like that gal that much, but, you know, we got to get this thing done or, you know. So it's it's changing the mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and really quick along those lines, you know, it was funny. I watched my husband interact with a, a conference he went to back in the fall, uh, and he was apparently he had, he had offended some guy he was working with, and the guy said to him, "So when are you going to apologize to me?" And he's like, uh, "What do I owe you? For? What what do I need to do this for?" And he told him what it, what had gone down. He goes, "Oh my gosh, I am so sorry." He goes, "Good, that's all I needed. Let's move on." Yeah. <laughs> And, and Perfect like, example. And then women, we will hold a grudge, and who does she think she is, and just keep it all bottled inside, where the men just get it over with and move on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, wanted, I had the opportunity to uh, contribute a chapter in a book earlier this year called The Woman, or the, Behind Her Brand, the Expert Edition. And I talked about how we could learn something from men in that way. I think we can. I think that we Absolutely. can learn a little... 
Yeah, you know, that's my perspective on it anyway. Um, well, well, let's dive in if we can really quick. Since you, you, you did bring up this idea of going in, you're, it sounds like you're going in, you're doing workshops and you're coaching there within organizations. Um, and so related to performance, I, I, I presume, obviously. So I've Absolutely. heard you also, okay, I've heard you mention C-suite executives and coaching and, and workshops. Uh, is this what you mean when you talk about going in and having conversations within organizations? Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, actually, you know, the training, this, we never really anticipated that this would be a revenue stream for Plaid for Women because of our messaging, the No Mean Girls, and uh, exposures. You know, I, we work with a lot of companies that sponsor our events. So we were approached by a couple of HR managers if we could bring some of that messaging in a, a professional training uh, standpoint. So Sarah's got a training background, so that was fantastic. So remarkably, uh, we just finished training um, a large insurance company. They had office in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and down in Austin. Small groups talking about culture change, uh, gender communication differences, you know, how men and women communicate very differently, and women hear things differently than men and vice versa, and really trying to, in a very uh, professional, non-finger-pointing way, Tell folks at work that you can create such a beautiful work environment through understanding and getting some good facts from an outside party saying, this is how he heard this and this is how she heard that. Or particularly with women, if a woman gets a, a VP position or something, every woman in that company should rally around that woman and be her biggest supporter because if she's truly a good leader, she will bring up the other women in her organization as well. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and we... It, we were scratching our heads, but it's it's been tremendous, and um, we actually have a, a proposal out to uh, Coca-Cola right now, fingers crossed, about doing some uh, internal training with some of their women's leadership groups. So um, exciting stuff, and, and never really anticipated that. And again, that's going back to being an entrepreneur. Sometimes you go down a path and you have no idea if it's going to work, and then other opportunities present themselves. Along that line, I just had a thought really quick, Siobhan, and I, I wonder about this because one of the things that has struck me about what you were just saying there is a bit about what, of course, Sheryl Sandberg talks about is if you don't like the bosses that you're looking around at, that they're all, all male, well, then you better stop and, and, and assume a leadership role so that you, too, can move the female leadership envelope forward a little bit. Have you Absolutely. done any? Yeah. Have you done any work with, with Ms. Sandberg? I mean, have you guys at all been aligned in your work? You know, uh, we have not, but it would be a great honor. I would love to meet her at some point. Um, we certainly, you know, when we started our company three years ago, we're growing, and our plan is to scale significantly in 2016 and align with women like Sheryl Sandberg. I would love to interview her. I'd love to let her know what we're doing, how we could all collaborate. What I've learned, Elise, is being very uh, strategic about who you partner with is critical. You know, you can't be all things to all people. So when you do do a strong strategic alliance, you have to make sure that the person that you're partnering with shares the same mission you do and brand integrity. And, you know, because um, if you partner with the wrong person, it can it can hurt your company and your brand. She obviously is golden, and I'd, I'd love to meet her sometime, so... Mm-hmm. And I also had an opportunity to meet uh, the actress Gina Davis back mm. in May. Um, she she started a film festival that would feature women filmmakers and content producers. She's amazing, and she's got a nonprofit out in Los Angeles called the Gina Davis Institute for Gender Research. And she is calling Hollywood on its horrible representation of women and minorities in media across all platforms. And so she uh, launched this film festival in May. I drove up to Bentonville, Arkansas, home of <laughs> Sam Walton, 
and was there for four days, sat in on some amazing panel discussions with women, and it was just so invigorating. And talk about somebody who's passionate about helping women and girls. Um, in the celebrity world, it's, it's Gina Davis for sure. Oh, I really admire who you get to, to, to talk with and, and, and interact with. I feel the same way about my show. So uh, perfect way for us to segue into our, our, our next and final break here, Siobhan. Hold on just a second here. We'll do that. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Siobhan Palmer, who is the co-founder and CEO of Plaid for Women, which is an award-winning digital media company focused on helping women get connected and be heard. We've been talking a bit about what she's been doing in her work here in, in her campaign, No Mean Girls. After the break, I want to hear more about how you do want to scale forward and what your thoughts are about retention, engagement, performance, things like that. Stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to Lou Augusta's A Rumor of Empathy. Our show is committed to providing a generous listening. Empathy. Through conversations with our guests and you. Every issue deserves to be heard and thought out empathically. When it is properly sorted out, it becomes a solution rather than a problem. In Lou's program, his goal is to help you through conversations, which in turn can help your relationships and other aspects of your life. A Rumor of Empathy can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Spiritual transcendence unfolds when we fully align with body, mind, and soul. Then... Transcend darkness into light. Each week, make transcendence, wellness through awareness, part of your life. Join host Jessica Allstrom and her guests as we explore your spiritual education and powerful tools in order to help you live your most joyful and prosperous life. You'll want to be here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Siobhan Palmer, who is the co-founder and CEO of Plaid for Women, which is an award-winning digital media company focused on helping women get connected and be heard. Plaid's online anti-bullying messaging titled... No Mean Girls has resulted in programming being developed that will be brought into schools and into the workplace nationwide. Siobhan joins us today from Fort Worth, Texas. We've been talking about what her company has been doing to be able to showcase its offerings and help women. From here, what I want to hear from you, if we can, Siobhan, is really just how you've been able to pull off this entrepreneurial endeavor yourself. This is a lot of work. A lot of people try this their their hand at being an entrepreneur. It's not as easy as it looked by any by any stretch. And so maybe can you share a bit about you know, how 
how have you been able to get this company off the ground and running? Three years is not very much time to do what you've done. So can we start maybe with some of your secrets and maybe what you've learned along the way? No, I'd be delighted to, Elise. You know, like many of us, you learn much more from your mistakes than your successes. <laughs> so if that's the case, I've got a double PhD then. <laughs> all my mistakes. But, um, it, was, it was really a process. When Sarah and I started this, it was just the two of us, and we now have about eight subcontractors. Um, just quick, funny story. There's a young lady out who lives in San Angelo, Texas, Tawny Branneman, who we adore. She's been our virtual assistant for three years when we started the company. We literally did not meet that young woman until last Friday, December 11th, when we flew her in for our women's conference. First time we'd ever met her in the flesh. Wow. So there you go, how the world is going virtual, right? Mm-hmm. But little things like um, I learned, you know, finding the right, we're a digital company, so finding the right company to build your website, critical. Um, just the, the nuts and bolts, critical to get a good um, CPA. We, when we first started out and had very little money, we worked with a woman who was working out of her home. And then the next year, we moved up into a lady who had a small office. And now this year, we're working with a full CPA firm. But it's critical that you hire professionals that do the the critical things that take care of your books and you get a good banking partner. And then what Sarah and I realized as we started growing that she has very specific skill sets that I don't have. She's our chief operating officer. She's brilliant at putting processes in place and finding the right talent to do the various tasks we do. I call her the general lovingly. (laughs) And and my, my skill set is more going out into the community, um, building the relationships um, with the sponsors and so forth. And again, this all grew, but we worked our butts off, to be quite frank with you, um, getting a good attorney. And we begged, bar and stole, and we had a lot of friends that gave us pro bono services in the beginning, which we greatly appreciate. We got our federal trademark, Plaid for Women, uh, a year and a half ago, and Jackson Walker, who's a phenomenal law firm, huge uh, law firm in downtown Dallas, and they've got offices all around the state of Texas. I worked with their IP and trademark attorney, uh, Carl Butzer who is one of the most humble men, but um, he's highly regarded in that field. And he got us uh, the trademark for the name. Um, Okay, and then, so what are we going to be? A C-corporation. We had to look at what's the difference between a partnership, an LLC, and a C-corp. We chose a C-corporation, and then we wanted to raise a little bit of money. So we actually offer shares. Women can invest in our company. Mm. I didn't know what a private placement memorandum was. Either did Sarah. So our attorney sat down and said, you girls are going to need to get a private placement memorandum put together if you're going to raise money for your company. So we worked with him. I learned more about private placement memorandums and legalese than I ever wanted to know. I'm a liberal arts girl, so it's torturous for me. But um, we worked with one of the best guys. He gave us his services pro bono and put a private placement memorandum together. Now we're on our second round of capital raise, and we're interested in offering shares in our company to women who believe in what we're doing, and we have every intention of making a lot of money and making them a lot of money down the road. But having said all that, building an infrastructure on the front end, we had to build it correctly on the front end because our plan is to scale this thing nationally and internationally. So you have to build your house with a good foundation on the front end, and then you furnish it, and now we're ready to open it up to show everybody. But that does not mean it was not hard, and there were mistakes made along the way. There were lots of mistakes made, but we turned to our attorney and our CPA folks that are professionals, 
if we had any concerns or anything like that. I said to our attorney, Bob, I look better in plaid than stripes. I don't want to go to jail. So make sure you take us out of jail. <laughs> and he said, Siobhan, I'll do my best. So he's a former prosecutor with the SEC, so he's been on the other side. So I'm very thankful he's on our side. <laughs> I got the image, Siobhan, when you mentioned the stripes and the plaid. I got the image. and It's just yes. easy for me. Yeah, okay, I see it. I thought you'd yeah. appreciate that visual, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the vision, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what kind of surprises have you had along the way? Things that maybe you went, oh, I didn't think about that. That's cool. That works. Or vice versa. Well, when we were so, we were like little puppies. We were so excited when we first started out, and we offered too many things. We tried to do too many things too quickly. We had to pull back and look at what was gaining traction and really focus on growing that aspect of the company. Now we're starting to add different um, pieces. So the plaid publishing would have no more worked when we launched in 2012-13. Now that we've got the digital platform growing, then we decided to put that piece of furniture into the house. 2016-2017, um, we're going to launch um, Fearless Travel, women-only travel, where you can take your daughter, your best girlfriend, your mom, your grandma, and we'll do trips together, all the plaid women. But mm. again, in, in our naivety and enthusiasm, we, we offered too many things too soon, and so we learned that you really need to pull back and, and build and gain traction before you put too much out there. That was Boy, one of the things we learned. And people okay. we thought were, a couple of people we thought would really support us, they turned out to disappoint us, you know, and that's in life too, right? But yes. um, it was just tenacity. There were times it got so tough, Elise, you know, Sarah and I would look at each other and go, what are we doing? But it was pure tenacity and pushing, getting the people out of the way, the mean girls, the people that didn't really want to see our success and surrounding ourselves with people that were so jazzed about the company. And as we grew, they started connecting us with people they knew. And our biggest, our first biggest sponsor was Comerica Bank. They believed in what we were doing. And once they came on board, that kind of opened up the door for these larger companies to check us out. Because as you well know, a lot of these big boys won't go play in the sandbox unless there are other big boys in the sandbox. So yeah. we were grateful for Comerica to um, come on board. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate how real you shared there. I, I really do like to keep this show real, and I want people to be able to listen and hear and get educated about the world of work and how they can connect with it, but also be inspired by it. So I think you did both there. Siobhan, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's important. And and to that end, I'm I'm pretty certain that in mo- most of the shows that I, that I host, that somebody who's listening is interested in some form of, of becoming an entrepreneur themselves at some point. And in fact, of course, in today's economy, Many people will try to attempt that in some form or another because they have to sometimes. So I'd be curious if, if you have maybe any advice at the ready for people who might be considering going down that road. As an entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, I, I'll be very candid. Um, many times when you first start, you have to consider financing. We bootstrapped our company at the beginning, you know, put a little bit of our personal money in, friends and family. And if you're depending on your entrepreneurial gig, to pay your bills, um, I would suggest that you don't just leave a job and start something without being financially able to do it. And um, you're going to work the hardest you've ever worked, so be sure whatever you pick to do that you really are passionate about it. I work 70, 80 hours a week at least, but I'm so, and I'm sure I get tired, but it's a good kind of tired. You know, there's nothing worse than 
putting in that kind of time and doing something you hate. I mean, it's not only mentally draining, but it's it's painful on your psyche, you know. And um, you just have to be very tenacious. And you're you're going to be stressed out about money. You're going to wonder why am I doing this? And but if you truly believe in your gut and you re- it's not just touchy feely. Oh, I think I can do this. You need to do good research. See what's out in the market. See if you're going to fulfill a need in the market. And um, I wouldn't count on banks essentially to give you the loan to start up. You have got to get a, a track record before you can go and get a conventional bank loan. So you'll have to be prepared to get alternative alternative ways of financing when you're real young starting out. But this life goes by so quickly, and if you truly believe you have something that you want to do and you have the skill set to do it, um, I say go for it because life is way too short, as we well know. Mm. Wow, that was the greatest country to be an entrepreneur, right? So I don't know if I'd start plaid if I was in, you know, a third world country or something like that. I don't think you have the right amount of resources. So, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that that list of of, of advice there, Siobhan. I think it's very real. It's very candid, and I think it's really important for people to hear, and so they can be ready. They can they can plan accordingly. And I think all of, I agree with everything that you said, and then some. Yes, absolutely. Well, I appreciate, and I, honestly, I wish I had had somebody in my life when I was in my twenties and thirties to tell me what not to do and some of the you know, the pitfalls of business and and, in the workplace. You know, when you're in your 20s, you're so young and naive and really make stupid mistakes. But one of the things we're committed to, what I love about our company, is that we have women that are boomer age that are mentoring the younger girls and showing them how to ask for business, how to do deals with each other. And it's just so refreshing. And these younger girls are sitting there wide-eyed. And I think they're learning more from us about us being very real about the mistakes we made. I think, Mm. honestly... And I moderate so many women's conferences in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and have phenomenal women panelists. And the greatest response we get from the audience is when one of them is willing to open up and show their vulnerability and say, ladies, this is what happened to me and I don't want it to happen to you. I mean, what a gift to give somebody, you know, to be able to share that mistake so that hopefully nobody else will have to go through that. Boy, I completely agree. In fact, you know, I'll tell you, I, I have the, the privilege of teaching a, a class at SMU for, for s- communication seniors who are getting ready to get their first job. And they're, they are wide-eyed. The world is just staring at them, and it's, it's a brand-new place. And, and that's awesome to get to work with that crowd because they do need that preparation. They need somebody to kind of help. And I'm twice their age, so uh, hopefully I've give, I can give them something. But the, the other thing that I'll say that I really appreciate that I'm seeing in some of the younger professionals is, I've had a half a dozen young women actually find me and say, I don't have any major problems that I'm working on, but I just want to be proactive about my development. I just want to, I want to, I don't want to just go the organic route of development. I want to be proactive about and mindful and intentional about how I develop myself. So will you help me? And I'm thinking to myself, wow. gosh, I know, right? I wish I had done that when I was their age. Oh my goodness. I wish I had, I had that foresight. I didn't. I did it blindly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think these, you know, people tend to be disparaging sometimes about millennials. I mean, sure, these kids are very technology savvy, but they're still kids and they don't have any life experience under their belt. They may be able to out iPad some other people that are not as technology savvy, but they're still kids and they're just starting out and you need to really present scenarios that they might want to consider, you know, as they're starting to build their career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm finding them to be very open-minded and curious, and they want to know. They don't know what they don't know, and they, they, they ask good questions. And, and I, I, it's fun to work with them. It's really awesome. So, um, yeah. 
Well, we have literally just a few minutes left of, of our time together here. So let me let me do this for you, if we can, Siobhan. One, I want to make sure to give you the chance to close the show as you like. But is there anything else you want to share with us, uh, maybe in like a minute or so, about your journey of being an entrepreneur that you think might be helpful? Um, I think, again, just to recap, it's, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. It, it finds something you're passionate about. Um, particularly when you're selecting services like a CPA firm, a law firm, query your friends, women and men that you have respect for to make recommendations on that. You know, all of our Plaid Power bloggers, these amazing women from all over the country, we have one in China and one in Dublin, Ireland. A lot of those women were referred to us by other women that were already writing and producing content for us. And it, it cuts down on the vetting process so much when you get a recommendation from somebody you truly respect and admire. And so that's, that's been a big part of how we found these remarkable ladies that are on our, our, our site. Okay, great. And then finally, Siobhan, I always like to give my guest, if you will, a bit of the last word here and say really how you want to close the show. So this is, the show is really about working on purpose, more meaningfully connecting to your work. So um, final thoughts related to that topic that you want to share with our listeners. Um, and again, it has been such a delight talking to you today. I, I'm, I think I told you off air that I usually do the interview, and it's so <laughs> it was lovely having somebody ask me because you're a remarkable host. So thank you. I guess for me, looking back over the whole my whole career, half of it was as an entrepreneur, half working for other people. I think if you can get get the young ones to encourage them to really be who they are and be authentic. I know I sound it's an Oprah moment here, but if you can spend your professional career doing something that really you love, but also being truly who you are as a person, being true to yourself, never compromising, and stop playing to audiences that don't matter. My husband is a very smart man, and he said, Shimon, most people are so into themselves that they're not looking. And I think particularly women and young women, they're so concerned what other people are thinking and at the end of the day, nobody's thinking. The only audience that matters at the end of the day is you. And so I, I kind of keep that as my personal mantra. Just be true to yourself and, and find something you love and work hard. It's, it's not complicated. Beautiful way to finish, Siobhan. Thank you again for being on the show and sharing your wisdom, your experience, your passion. It's wonderful to have you here with me today. Thank you so much. No, it's an absolute honor, Lisa. I just wanted, if people want to check out our company, you can go to Plaid for Women, P-L-A-I-D for Women, F-O-R-Women.com. And I greatly appreciate this opportunity to be with you today. I was absolutely going to cue that up next, but I'm glad you did it for me to make sure we said it just right. Thanks again, listeners, for joining us today. appreciate you tuning in. Remember that work is at least one-third of our life, so let's work on purpose, and we'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 